Welcome to Mad World. What is up, my homies? This is Mad World. I'm here with Donnie Rosa today and a very special guest from Buffalo, New York and all over the, all over the, he's all over the country. He's all over the Middle East. Robert Stearns from Buffalo, New York. Shalom. So we're excited to have him. So what's up, homies? What was your generations like? What's up? Like, that was a big thing when I was growing up in the 90s. Like, yeah, what's up, homie? What if you said thing? what's up to me growing up. No, no, not what's up. What, what would you refer, like, what was a friend referred to as? You didn't say homies in the, what, you grew up in what, the 40s? <laughs> the 20s. I'm going to correct you on that. <laughs> right. And by the way, it was Buddy. What's up, bud? Buddy. Yeah. Okay. You guys are the same age, right? Or you're a little bit younger? Sort of, kind of. Around that. Born. I'm older than you. Uh oh. When were you born? 62. Oh, yeah, you are old. Yeah. Significantly. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're coming off a great, great day. Uh, the Grow Conference at our church. As you know, Donnie and I are pastors at uh, Abundant Life, a church in Northeast New Jersey. And uh, Robert's with us, Bishop Stern's with us for this conference. And uh, we're just really pumped. We're also very tired, so we're uh, we want to get right into it. We want to talk a little bit today about we've 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 nailed millennials, technology, communication, relationships, and we've had a lot of good feedback. Oh, definitely, I, absolutely. You know, a lot of people have been gracious with what they've said to me, and I'm sure you have the same absolutely. thing. And, and it's uh, such an honor and a privilege to be able to to you know. Um, just help people and, and stir the pot a little bit in some things and, and, and challenge people, oh, challenge yeah, people no in doubt. these areas. But I wanted to talk today about something that I'm really excited about. It's long overdue because this is a phenomenon to me that ever since President Trump got into office, he has had a full, full-on assault on the media no himself. Question. Yeah, no question. Just, just single-handedly. Right. Like this guy has attacked, he sawed off the chamber of his shotgun and he just opened fire on the media outlets in this country. And to me, that's so crazy that he has the ability to do that. Shows you how much how much right. clout he really has. He's got the juice, as they say. But let me give you my perspective, then I want to hear yours. He's he's right on this stuff. Like as as a millennial that's grown up in America in the nineties and two thousands, we were just trained to believe whatever the news said. Right. You know, you watch the news or not the internet age, obviously me being a product of the internet age, you just, whatever's on the homepage of Yahoo or right. whatever is on CNN or Fox News, you just believe it right. because the reporter with the microphone must, must be telling the truth. Right. And now here is this, this unorthodox man that becomes the president of the United States. And he's kind of peeling the banana back right. and saying, hold on, the media is not all what it's, what it's cracked up to be. They're right. not all right. There's some things that are, that are just blatantly not true. Right. And it's caused me to dig in and do some homework on certain things and say, wow, he's absolutely right. right. So, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, I think we all need to be doing homework on what's, what's, uh, what the news is giving us. It's a little scary, actually, when you're talking about peeling the banana back and finding out the truth about what actually the news is giving us. It's scary to think, well, how long has this been going on? Right. How long have we been, I hate to use the terminology, but drinking the Kool-Aid. How long have we been controlled by what the media is telling us to have a worldview that's not even true, not right. accurate? It's scary. Yeah. So I think we need to discuss it a little bit. No, that's good. Before I ask you a question, which is going to set this topic up perfectly, uh, Robert, any comments on, on the media aspect? Well, I, I think that this even scarier thing is not only the fact that 
it's being uncovered, the level of media bias and the right. level of media spin. Inaccuracy. Fake news, right. whatever yeah. you right, want right, to call right, right. that. What's really mind-blowing is that we're living in a time where technology is getting to a place right. that they can generate literal visual representations sure. of things that right. you can be listening right. to whoever saying and say, no, I saw it myself. I heard it with my own. Right. And it's, it's generated. Right. And so where's that going to take us? Yeah. Wow. Where is it going to take us when you can't differentiate yeah. the, the reality from what you're seeing? Right. Uh, you know, then the only way to know is if you're physically present. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's 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 we have never been this way before right. as yeah. humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We what? have never had this level of technological sophistication uh, available, and we've opened a Pandora's box. With right. It. I, I got to ask you both. Maybe you guys have a little more insight than than I do on this. I had mentioned to Joe once before. I saw some special. It was either I don't know if it was CNN or it was sixty Minutes. And it was talking about this fake news and how companies in other countries, I don't know enough about it. Maybe Robert, you could speak to this if you, if you do have developed organizations where they're making a lot of money and they exist just to flood the um, American media with fake news. Mm. Uh, Do you know any more about that? You guys, are you aware of that? I I mean, I've heard about it. Heard about it peripherally. That's unbelievable though. That's pretty crazy when you think about it. But you just said something that, you kind of glazed over it and said it in passing, but I think it nails it on the head. You said it forces you or something to this effect. It forces you to be present instead mm-hmm. of just laying back on your couch with a, mm-hmm. a with a can of Pringles and a, and a Coke <laughs> saying, oh yeah, that's that must be true. Because right. no, like I'm going to have to like get involved yeah. and make sure that the, I'm going to have to see it for myself. Who can we trust anymore? Right. But here's an example of that. Donnie, and I'll, 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 I'll just ask you, uh, this is un, unrehearsed, you know, you don't know what I'm going to say, but be be. Be brutally honest, okay? Yeah. We've got a man here that that his whole life is based around working with Israel, the higher-ups in Israel and, right. and leaders in Israel, okay? So nobody knows uh, the nation of Israel from a Westerner's perspective better than Robert Stearns. You have never been to Israel at all. No. I've been there once. We were there together right. uh, a couple months ago. Uh, what's your impression of, based on what you see on the news, what you see in the media— What's your impression of, of, of the nation of Israel, of uh, the country? Brutally honest from what's being projected, yeah, you're just saying. just as a Westerner. Well, it seems as though what's projected is that everybody hates Israel. Right. And that the Middle East is pointing nuclear weapons at them from right. every angle, waiting to blow them off the map. Right. And uh, anyone that comes to their aid is despised as well. That's basically my understanding. And, and I plead ignorance because I have never been there. Right. I don't know enough about Israel. I need to. Uh, but that's my impression. So when I was, uh, and that's probably crazy to Robert, but that, that's, that's, no, I'm sure he's yeah, heard it many yeah, times, yeah. but coincidentally enough, I was on my couch, not with a box of Pringles. I would <laughs> think I was on my couch with a handful of macadamia nuts, actually, uh, watching, what was I watching? I think I was watching, I might've been watching Gilligan's, Zumbo's, Gilligan, Zumbo's Greatest Desserts. Nah, probably Netflix. Gilligan's Island. If it I know might've you. been Gilligan's Island. It might've been the one, uh, <laughs> it might've been the one where they built the boat. Hey, little off. buddy. Yeah. I, love, I used to love Gilligan. But you want, try to watch it now as an adult. Brutal, unwatchable. <laughs> but I get this text. This is in like this is like December. He was so dumb. Like you think? But it was a lineup. You'd go from Gilligan's <laughs> Island to Hogan's Heroes, right. oh. then followed by Bonanza. I'm I mean, saying, you would just have your oh, afternoon. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. Bonanza. <laughs> That's his favorite all-time all-time show. All-time favorite show. See. 
There you go. What 31-year-old do you know that likes Bonanza? Uh, yeah. None. The show was canceled when I wasn't even yeah, born yet. None. I don't know of any. Yeah, I mean, I know every episode. You are an old soul, so my don't friend. Rip, don't You're rip an old that. soul. Michael Landon's the best TV character of all time. <laughs> By the way, Jewish. Ah, Eugene yes, yes. Horowitz was his real name. Look at what that. Was it? Look at that. Yeah, yeah, Mic drop. Well, I have three posters of him hanging in my room. So <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't mess with Michael. I Landon. thought idolatry was dead, but you're bringing it back to life. <laughs> anyway, to bring it full circle to me being on my couch, it's probably November or December of, the, of, of last year, 2017, and I get this text from an unknown number. And it says, hey, Joe, Bishop Robert Stearns here from the Tabernacle. Uh, basically, would you, would you want to go to Israel with me? Uh, this February. And I didn't even tell you this, but my first reaction as not as a pastor or anything like that, as a leader, as a person was like, almost like, like fearful, like go, go to Israel. Like mm-hmm. this is like, right, major. I, I don't know if I like this. And this is all happening in the course of seconds. You know, when you yeah, have sure. thoughts that sound that feel like hours, but they're seconds. Is it safe? Am I heading it, into a war zone? I'm looking at my kids saying, I don't know. How could I go to Israel? Will I, I ever see my kids there's again. There's a chance of me coming back alive. Yeah. That was my, impression based on the media and based on what is portrayed. And maybe we'll get into the trip a little in a little bit later, but it was nothing like that. You know, I was shocked once I got there walking the streets of Caesarea and I felt like I was in like down the short in New Jersey, Yeah, like safe. And I'm sure there are areas and regions that are, are less safe and bad neighborhoods, but there's bad neighborhoods in, in, in here. I mean, bad you know, we're, we're in Jersey for crying Jersey, out loud. Yeah, so you know, I'm sure I'm not trying to make it out to be like it's uh, you know whatever paradise, but but it's just it, my point is it's not what the media wants. You never to do, so. once felt unsafe in the slightest when you were there. I felt unsafe once, and that was when we were driving up to the Mount of um, Olives. Olives. Oh, in well, that, that little in that little van. Okay, and it was like it felt like miles up okay. uphill. But in terms of unsafe and like like someone's going to attack me or right. n- never not not one time and we were all over the country right you know we were all over the country and I didn't feel at one point like you know I was I was going to be attacked or shot or bombed or anything like that so could you could you comment on why you feel uh, obviously the American media wants us to feel that way if that's what they're portraying so or am I wrong well I mean media is driven by ratings right. And ratings are driven by, you know, fire and smoke and mm-hmm. bombs and conflict. I mean, right. that, that, right. that's what, you know, right. it's got to be either something salacious or something violent right. or whatever. That's what's going to drive ratings. So, mm. I mean, I've literally been, uh, you know, I've personally, I don't take our tours there, but I've gone into areas in the Palestinian zones, et cetera, where there has been, um, you know, a riot right. where literally it's kind of like, uh, hey, guys, um, 3.30, we're going to meet down at the corner. We'll do a riot there. And, uh, you know, the camera crews will come. And I'll be blocks away from wow. the quote-unquote riot. Right. Wow. And they're they're set up. You know, they're set up for them to come in, and everybody right. knows this. And that's going to run oh on the evening God. news. That's insane. And, it, you know, it plays its part for an hour or two, huh. and then everybody right. goes home, and tomorrow somebody comes by and cleans up the burned-out tires. It's right. crazy. Um, you know, the media wants to drive ratings. Right. right. And so the problem is when we accentuate the extremes of anything, we're we're keeping people and life away from genuine progress. Right. Right. Um but the media thrives on extremes. The right. media doesn't thrive on 
genuine conversation. The media doesn't thrive on genuine discourse, which by the way, takes time, takes effort, takes civility, takes courtesy. The media thrives on the soundbite, right? You know, the, the outrageous soundbite or the outrageous image. And so that's, what's put out there. Well, I mean, I hear you and I get that. I get the fact that people have to tune in for ratings to go up. So the more crazy, the story people are watching, right? right? But well, what, well, when there's an accident on the side of the road, what do we do? We we look, we turn our heads and we look at it because it's some. Think about it. Someone's suffering, someone's disadvantaged, but we're enamored with any type of, you know, problem or crisis mm-hmm. or accident or whatever. Mm-hmm. But why Israel? Why right. is it so right? That's a good pointed toward Israel. Well, is right. there a de- is there a deeper? How many countries in the Middle East? Brilliant. How many countries in the all, Middle all East? of them? No, but I'm saying how many. <laughs> They're all there. Last time I checked. Um, listen, I mean, it's a brilliant point. The point is, why all around the world? So you're not going to tell me how many there are. There, I don't know how many. But are there like hundreds there's or are there dozens? No, there's dozens. But and but so dozens of countries and 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 why? Yeah, why Israel? But but the point I'm going to go to is that there are places of conflict, racial conflict, ethnic conflict, right. political conflict, right. all over the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Syria, we've had. Three, four hundred thousand people killed mm. by Assad over the past few years. You don't see any kind of boycott and divestment and sanctions movement right. against Syria. You've got everything that's happening with the Kurds. You've got Tibet and all that they're going through with China. You've got all kinds of areas around the world. And yet, the number one issue that has been debated at the United Nations, statistically, Israel has had more sanctions put against them by the United Nations, more resolutions hmm. put against them by the United Nations than any other planet on the country. So now we have to morph into the question of what is anti-Semitism? Right. Why is anti-Semitism alive and well today? Right. And is the new anti-Semitism anti-Israelism? Yeah, yeah. Is, is anti-Semitism's new face and new tactic, is the new tactic of anti-Semitism right. attacking Israel. Israel is a tiny nation, smaller than the size of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Half of it is desert. Right, right. So you're smaller than the size of Jersey, and half of it is desert. Wow. It's this tiny place where six or seven million Jews want to say, could we live here as Jews? The French have France. The Koreans have Korea. The Brazilians have Brazil. Could there be a little country on earth where we can live with our language, with our culture, with our customs, with our religion? Wow. And all hell has broken out against them uh, and and sought to destroy them. Right. Uh, And and so this becomes a a massive wake-up call that, frankly, most people don't take the time to fully understand. And I would say, as Americans— we have no greater ally in the world than Israel. Mm-hmm. So we have a responsibility as Americans to understand the topic. And number two, as Christians, if you're a Christian listening to this podcast, guess what? Jesus, he wasn't a Norwegian. Right. He was Jewish. Right. You, you, have, you have accepted a Jewish Messiah. You read a Jewish Bible. Right, right. Isaiah, Abraham, Moses, David, Esther, not a Southern Baptist in the bunch. Jews, all of them. Sure. So you need to understand the root of your faith. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you're getting me started on this. And this is a, no, I a think topic it's good. I'm passionate well, you, you, you must be tired, us. though, because, because according to you, 
in the United Nations, there's no other planet on the country Is that, that, what I just that said? has yeah. more issues against them than Israel. Right. Can we edit that, please? Somebody, somebody <laughs> find the tape. And by the way, but I, I like didn't think there's the hundreds country. of countries in the Middle East. I don't want. I, I was thinking maybe. Far be it from you. <laughs> right. Geopolitical <laughs> expert that you are. <laughs> <laughs> but let me say this to listeners that, and I guess listeners that have Christians that have been to Israel may will be able to relate with this. Growing up in church, growing up as a Christian in church in a Christian home, the whole nine yards, I started to, and I had, and I, and I happen to have parents who are extreme, like Israel is at the forefront of their prayer life, and, right. and I don't know that that's the norm in Christian not, families, no, but not. I could be wrong, and that's so. So, granted, think about that. So, I have that going for me already in my background, but just as a a uh, '90s church kid growing in, up into his teens, then into his twenties. I started to get this idea. Hey, listen, the Jews don't believe in Jesus, so I guess the the the, the church is kind of like the new Israel. Like we're God's chosen mm. people, and obviously that's a bigger theological discussion today with replacement theology yeah. and all that. No one ever sat down, sat me down, and said, "Listen, the church is the new Israel," and I never even investigated or did homework on it. But I'm just saying, it's just, you're not you don't you're not, you're not there. You've never been there, so you just assume like, well, obviously we're right and they're wrong, so we must be the new Israel. Right. Then when you get there and you see this, now we spent two days in Tel Aviv, which doesn't have a ton of biblical history, a lot of history. Uh, first stop was Independence Hall, and that blew my mind on how you see the map and you see what Robert's saying about this little country in the midst of hundreds of thousands of acreage of enemy wow. surrounded by 27 surrounded. islamic dictatorships yeah, not 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 one side surround like in the in the core is israel in the center is this little country and to simplify it there's no other way to explain why they're still standing and thriving other than god god's yeah. almighty hand but separate separate whatever separate discussion but um two days in tel aviv not a ton of biblical history so it, but it was great experience and i was Kind of like okay, like when's the you know when's the Bible going to start coming to life? Then we got to the uh, Sea of Galilee wow. for two days, which was very very cool, and it still was walking through Capernaum and, and some of those cool sites. It was still the Bible was coming to life to me. That's what was happening. But when we got to Jerusalem <laughs> and we walked down this, we first, first the bus was driving past the Eastern Gate. That's that's all sealed up, which is just gosh, just unbelievable. Then you're, then you're, then you're seeing Jerusalem from the, from the bus. Then you get out of the bus and you start walking down this old stone staircase overlooking the Western wall. That was my light bulb moment. That's when it clicked. These are God. There was no, there was no stipulations on God's promise to Abraham. Right. It wasn't, you're my, you're my chosen people, my chosen nation until. Right. Mm -hmm. Or if. This was God's promise. Right. The same God that we that the Jews serve is the same God that, that the Christians serve, and His promises don't change. That's and that's it. when it clicks for me. Wow, this nation. Yes, there's a difference in in and and obviously a, a difference in theology. Right. They don't, I mean, they don't right. read the New Testament. Obviously, right. they're you know they're a different culture, different different religion, if you will. But these are God's people. Absolutely, they need our support. You're talking about the city of David too, right? I mean, <laughs> we were there too. It was a Psalm 89. My covenant will I not break. The thing I've spoke to David, I will do. I mean, the covenant. You talked about it earlier, the covenant God. He didn't yeah. change his mind all yeah. of a sudden. Right. The apostle Paul said to the Christians, he said, be very careful to remember that the root supports you. Mm. You don't support the root, he says in Romans 11. The root, the Jewish people supports you. So he says, love don't it. become arrogant. Yeah, I love it. That's don't great. become arrogant. They're the root. That's great. You're the branches. You're the that's grafted great. in branch. Yeah. yeah, wow, wow. That's great. Now, one thing that stood out to me there 
is the young people in, I guess, what would be known as their army. I mean, young te- look the like IDF, the te- Israeli defense teens walking around with you know uh, armed and stuff like that, and maybe that's what the media wants us to because f- it's so, they want us to feel it's so unsafe. But I think that's a question that a lot of people see in the news. Can you explain why that is? A little bit of background of, of, of the IDF. Well, listen, I mean, Israel uh, was reborn. Uh, this is, in fact, yesterday was Israel's seventieth birthday. Oh, wow. Yesterday. So we are right now celebrating 70, wow. 70 years of the rebirth of the state of Israel. And please, please listen, whoever you are, and, and remember this fact. The moment Israel was born, the United Nations provided a two-state solution, a state for the Arab peoples uh, and a state for the Jews. You mean in 1948? In 1948, okay. absolutely. Uh, the, the, the partition plan was presented and ratified in November of 1947, uh, right down the road at Flushing Meadows, the United Nations headquarters was in Flushing Meadows Park at that point before the UN building was built. And it gave Israel even less land than they have today, Hmm. even less land that they have today. And David Ben-Gurion and the Israeli leadership said, yes, we accept this. They accepted a two-state solution from the beginning. Israel accepted it. The Arabs rejected it. And the day that Dev- David Ben-Gurion signed the Declaration of, of Independence, the statehood that you saw in right. the Independence Museum, that day they were attacked by five Arab armies. Wow. Five Arab armies, well-trained, well-funded, and here's 600,000 Jews against five Arab armies. 600,000 Jews, many who had just come out of Auschwitz. Many have just come out of the death camps. And here they are now fighting for their life wow. again. And against any rational possibility, right. they prevailed. Mm. And since that time, Israel's been attacked again right. and again and again. You can just, it's been war. It's really been a constant state of war with right. brief moments of rest in right. between. So, getting back to your question about the soldiers, every Israeli young person is drafted into the military. It's right. uniform draft. Young men serve for three years. Young ladies serve for two years. Mm -hmm. So before they go to college, before they do anything, there is a universal draft into the military. And every citizen stays in the reserves until the age of 40. So you have a nation that is an army. Wow. And what a powerful picture that is for the church. Right, Right. absolutely. So you have a nation that is a trained, mobilized army that stays engaged because they are under constant onslaught from these surrounding nations that refuse time and time and time again, Israel has offered peace Mm -hmm. and time and time and time again, the Palestinians have refused. And uh, this is the reality that people don't understand until they're there on the ground. The media, we're talking about media today. The media wants to spin this into some kind of um, apartheid situation. Right. You, You walked around Israel Arab people everywhere. There's yeah, over sure. 1.3 million Arab citizens in Israel. Right. They vote. They are, uh, there's an Arab member of the Supreme Court. There are 14 Arab members of their parliament, the right. Knesset. Right. It is a fully democratic state. Right. Is Israel perfect? No. Guess what? Neither is the United States. Of, find me a perfect nation. Yeah. There right. are no perfect nations. Yeah. But Israel is on the right side of the moral compass on the yeah. issue. And... Uh, and you've got to awaken to that reality. Mm. 
Yeah, that's really good. America, there's your answer to why, you know, why uh, you, your your image of Israel is soldiers everywhere, wouldn't you? If, if that yeah. was your nation's history, forget your nation, your community's history, wouldn't you take a little ownership of it and say, what, right. we, we, what, 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 what other alternative do they have? Right. You know? What's the street in Jerusalem, uh, Bishop? The 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 real nice street with all the stores. Mamilla or Ben Yehuda. That no, that's the one we were. Ben there. Yehuda. That, that reminded me a little bit of New York City, actually, a little bit. Sure, yeah. And um, there was one night we were walking down, and uh, and and these group of kids, group of teens, come up to me, and they start slinging this story. Uh, our parents, this or that, but if you could give us uh, fifty shekels or whatever, I'm like, bro. I'm from New Jersey. Like <laughs> that might work on some tourists from Nebraska. Give me fifty shekels. But, like, I'm from New Jersey, and they were like, "Oh," and they just left. They walked away. I'm a little too smart for that. But uh, oh, what a great—I mean, we had we had moments like that. We had fun. Uh, we had we had incredible meals. Uh, we had great uh, times of fellowship with that pastors. Meal on the Sea of Galilee. Meal at the Sea of Galilee. Look to the sea. Was <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, and, and, and unbelievable, unbelievable times with new friends, uh, old friends from really across the the, the country, young millennial pastors, and, and, and definitely a moment, uh, uh, moments all week that I will never forget. I would encourage our listeners strongly. I know that that Israel is the, is one of the number one tourist spots in in America, but. Deeper than that, deeper than just, if you want to go to to see the country, great, do it. You know, you can go with with an Eagles Wings groups group and uh, be treated great and and have a great experience, and they will take care of you. And uh, who who would actually our listeners contact for that? Yeah, just go to our website, EaglesWings.org. So Google Eagles Wings. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying dig even deeper than that. I think this is a day for Christians to get back to the homeland and understand Israel not just for its tourism, but understand wow. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God I serve, the God I worship every Sunday morning and through the week, this is where this is where it all started. And where it'll all finish up. And where it all will finish up. Unbelievable. Great, 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 great stuff. Donnie, any uh, closing thoughts? I have a question, if I could. Uh, maybe you know the answer to this, Robert. How, how do people explain off the fact that Israel is such a small nation in the middle of all those uh, Arab countries that are enemies in some re- respect right. how do they describe or explain off the fact that they've always prevailed and never been overtaken how do they i mean we look at it and we understand it's the hand and the blessing of god the mm-hmm. providence of god how do they explain that off because it's obvious that there's a blessing there's a supernatural Absolutely. blessing there you know uh interestingly i would say that in much of the muslim world they they might not say it publicly but they recognize, really, yeah, they really, there have actually been reports that they recognize that there is some kind of supernatural right. activity happening right. here. And increasingly, there are courageous Muslims who are beginning to speak out and say that even in the Quran, that the Jewish people and their legitimate claim to Israel and the Holy Land is supported even by verses in That's the Quran. Awesome. Wow. Uh, I have an emerging friendship with the president of Azerbaijan. I was invited to the palace in Baku uh, in December, just before we went. And uh, Baku, uh, Azerbaijan is, the, there are 57 Muslim nations around the world. And Azerbaijan is the only one that enjoys full and complete diplomatic relations hmm. with the state of Israel. The 
Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu has visited Azerbaijan. There's a wonderful, warm relationship between this Muslim nation and the state of Israel. And I was in Washington, D.C. Uh, this week with leaders from that nation, and they were telling me, they said, our imams are teaching from the Quran, from basis in the Quran, right, right. That, that Israel is given to the Jewish people. And wow. so we recognize that. Now, that doesn't mean that the Palestinian people are to be left disenfranchised or forgotten, or that we're not to look for a just humanitarian solution for the suffering of the Palestinians. Right. People say to me all the time, oh, Stearns, you're pro-Israel. No, I'm pro-people. Right. I'm pro-Israel, I'm pro-Palestinian, right. and I see no opposition in those two uh, frameworks. I want the Palestinian people to live and thrive and have peace. But the reality is they have been used as pawns by a greater pan-Arab um, diatribe against the state of Israel. And it's time for it to end. Yeah. In human history, this is the longest refugee situation that humanity has ever uh, allowed to happen. Wow. After wars, any time in human history, humanity's gotten together and found a just solution and resettled refugees, and we've been done with it. Wow. This one is being fomented and continued because it's a way to attack the state of Israel. Wow. Powerful. Hey, what about what about um? This is kind of this to you. Sure, is a stupid question, but I've heard this from people's mouths. Donnie, you've probably heard it too. And we were in we were in the I don't know if this is the name for it. I hope there's no offense to it, but the Holocaust Museum. Or, sure. Okay. Yeah. What about the Yad people that, that have said, "Well, the Holocaust didn't really happen." Yes. Yeah. Nice. Like, is nice. that is that even worth? Will you even give that the respect of answering that question? Well, you know what's even scarier than them saying it wouldn't happen is that this week. There's a new report out that, and I don't know the exact percentage, but it's it's a very high percentage of millennials who aren't even aware of it. Wow. So it, almost worse than denying it is to not even have the awareness of sure. its existence. Here sure. we are just 60 years later right. from the greatest atrocity ever, right, ever right, committed right. mankind to mankind. Yeah. Right. And so you do have Holocaust deniers. Right. Uh, you have these people uh, around the world, specifically, of course, Iran. Yep. Um, continue to say the Holocaust. There's never been a more documented situation in world history. Sure. People are going to believe what they want to believe. And, and that to me, you know, I, I've been in this thing for 25 years. I've been in it so deep. And at the end of the day, there is no rational or logical explanation for anti-Semitism. So you cross over and it becomes a proof of the spiritual forces behind it. Right. Because you can't, there's no, the Jewish people have given more medical advancements, educational advancements, technological advancements. The Jewish people have been a blessing to the world. They're not expansionists. They're not there trying to invade Egypt. Right. They're not trying to take over the pyramids, you know? Right. My granddaddy <laughs> built this building. You know, they're not yeah, trying to take right, anything. They right. want to live in a little corner in peace. Yeah, right. Unbelievable. And um, so that is why as Americans and as Christians, and I want to say one thing to Christians, every Christian should purpose once in their life yeah. to make the trip and be in Israel. Yeah. Well, I went for the first time and I can't wait to get back, but I don't want to go back to, you know, ride the Sea of Galilee boat and hang out on uh, Mamola? Mamilla. Mamilla. Mamilla, although that's, that's you know, that's, that's going to happen. But I want to be involved. You know, I want right. to be a part of prophecy being fulfilled we're 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 in, am i am i right in saying we're in that day it's, it's fast approaching uh, we're in it right now unbelievable unbelievable stuff well i am so thankful 
uh, Bishop Stearns, Robert Stearns, to have you here with us today. Thank you for giving us a little bit of your time and educating some of our listeners on one of the greatest, most important issues today, not only in the church, but in the world and the nation of Israel. Yeah, Donnie, thank you so much, Great to Bishop be here. Robert. You, you've enlightened me just in the, in the brief time we've had together. It's awesome. Good stuff. Well, listen, we'll catch you next week on Mad World. Mad World podcast is brought to you by Abundant Life Whippany, where Donnie and I serve as associate pastors. For more information, visit ALWCW.com.